shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. We are honored today to have Matthew and Emily West on the podcast. Many of you know Matthew. He is a five-time Grammy nominee. He's won ASCAP Music Awards, Dove Awards, Billboard Music Awards, American Music Awards. I could go on and on. He is an incredibly talented man. He and his wife are so much fun to follow on social media, and they are the proud parents of two amazing girls, and we're really excited to get to talk with them today. I have to say that I think, Emily and Matthew, you all are two of the most intentional, by far, parents that I know, and the kindest, and the most playful, which is why we would want you to be on this week's episode, just knowing your family and how y'all engage with each other and interact. I think you have a real gift. And I think I feel probably especially passionate about this because of obviously working with girls so much at Daystar. And I think y'all both in very, very individual ways have this real gift of delighting in your girls. And I think it ekes out of who your girls are and how they interact with the world as a result. And so it really is an honor for us to get to sit with y'all and hear a little bit more about your story. 
and your wisdom for parents out there. Well, that's very kind. I think if we could just end the interview there <laughs> before we say anything that makes people think otherwise. Because that was, that was great, that was wasn't it, so Emily? Nice. It's been Thank great you. talking to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Playful. There you go. <laughs> I would echo that and, and just say to you both, we are so grateful and thankful you all would carve out time where we could talk around this idea of what does it mean to be more playful in our parenting. So we want to start there, and I'm going to throw you all a question. Tell me, what does playful parenting mean to you? You want to go first, honey? No, you go ahead. Well, first, I would just say the work that you guys do is so important, and our family has been the beneficiary of your input. And so we're grateful for the work that you guys do, and I think this podcast is going to be something that's going to help a lot of parents and speak Mm -hmm. to people in a powerful way. So we appreciate what kind words you just shared about us. And like any parents, we're trying to figure it out as we go along and uh, we're so far from perfect. And that's why, you know, we seek out wise counsel like you guys along the way. And so I encourage, and I'm glad for any parents who might be listening to this right now, the fact that they're just listening to your show shows that their hearts and minds are pointed in the right direction to say, hey, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but I want godly wisdom being spoken into my life and spoken into my family as I approach parenting. And with that, I've forgotten the question. That was Play- better than anything we could have asked <laughs> you to answer. Let's just stop the whole yes. thing here. That's I agree. It. There we go. We're done. You know, um, when it comes to being playful, I think this is a topic that might be more important in our family in 2020 than any year we can remember in the past. Mm. Yeah. I think the danger with the topic of being a playful parent is that, you know, we never want to like fake it or try to like shield. It's like our kids know what a messed up year 2020 has been. We've tried to shield them in healthy ways, but also communicate to them in healthy ways. So we're not trying to like do a song and dance and say, hey, look over here. Don't see what's going on in the world. But I think there has been such an importance in being playful as a parent and not getting so overwhelmed with the heaviness on our own shoulders to where we can't focus on our kids and be crazy and goofy. And Emily will tell you that that's probably one of the only strengths that I bring into the parenting (laughs) is being the playful parent. What would you say? Yes, you're very playful. I mean, to me, playful parenting is meeting our kids where they are. You know, when they're three, they want you to run around the house and chase them and throw them on the bed and pull the sheets up over them when you're making it and tickle them. And playful, it was different when they were little. And now I feel like playful, they don't want us to do that anymore. They just want to go to Starbucks and walk around shopping. Do you know what I mean? So (laughs) Playful has changed. It has evolved for sure. But just, I think, meeting them where they are, doing things that they want to do, but making them laugh. Matthew's the best at that. We joke that I keep the house running and he's all the fun. He's Mm. Disney World, you know, and he's, he's really great at that. He's always been so fun. And during this pandemic, we've talked a lot about like making sure that the memory that they have of this is a good one. We turned off the news early on, you know, when they were around and we went outside, we went for what we just tried to do so many playful things, if you will, to keep their minds where they should be focused on being 11 and 14. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, I love that you said that about that he brings the fun and you keep things running. And I think that's not entirely true. (laughs) But I love that you said it because 
I would say I don't feel fun on a lot of days. And, you know, we could go back to the Enneagram and being a one, and that's mm-hmm. part of it. But I think what you bring is so much warmth and so much enjoyment and so much kindness and so much of that sense of delight. And so I love that you said it because I would want anybody who's listening to know that fun doesn't just have to be this outwardly playful bringing the fun, but sometimes it's bringing out the fun in them Mm -hmm. in a different way. And I think you are gifted in that. Yeah. Emily's laughter fills our house big time. And I'll like, you know, every night she blow dries the girl's hair. Blow dries? Is that how you say that? Yeah. Blow dries (laughs) their hair. Dries their hair. Like I'll hear my youngest daughter Delaney like shouting a story over the blow dryer and Emily just cackling, just laughing like crazy and just like fully intently listening to whatever the goofy story is of whatever happened at school. And her laughter definitely fills the house. She's also, I'm known as the singer, but her voice when she sings, (laughs) I mean, it's literally every cat in the neighborhood joins her. It's that... So she sings, uh, she sings karaoke. She'll randomly bust out in Whitney Houston's "I Will Always Love You" in our kitchen, and the kids just die laughing. You know, so I think there's different types of playfulness, like you said, and you know, for me, it's a goofy playfulness, and sometimes it's like, um, you know, I'll put like a random ingredient in their lunch <laughs> box like i'll just take a can of pinto beans from the pantry and like sneak it in their lunch box and then they show up in the cafeteria and it's like this weird random item in there and so i'm i can be that annoyingly awesome yeah i think i put like a giant like summer <laughs> sausage yeah, from <laughs> and she showed up at school and she's like dad what the heck so you know that kind of stuff is just you know goofy and i think i'm still holding on to the younger playful stuff to the point where they're like okay dad like okay we're a little older now you need to move on from that but i think part of me wants to hold on to some of that stuff you know the tickling the throwing them on the bed and she's like dad i'm 11 <laughs> like quit it <laughs> okay well if we were going to flip that to say what would you all say your biggest challenges are to being a playful parent i think the biggest challenge for me The first thing that comes to mind is, you know, the challenge of overcoming the heaviness of my own burdens. It's like every question that you're going to ask, I'm seeing that question through the lens of 2020 and what this year has been. And so to be honest, there's just been a lot of heavy days where you're struggling to figure out if your plans are even worth making and uh, how to stay positive and, you know, you're dealing with your career and any parent can probably relate to where it's just like, how can you overcome just the heaviness in your own life to make sure that you're stepping into your house and instead of carrying that heaviness into the house with you, which your kids will feel, how do you turn the corner there and do that and be Mm -hmm. playful and bringing levity inside the four walls of your home. And early in our experience in lockdown, I was really failing in that area. And I, my instinct was to wake up in the morning and instead of spending time with the Lord, I was spending time with the news and just getting completely wound up and watching everything happen and figuring out, okay, how do I care for all my employees, all this stuff. And, and Emily sat me down and she's like, Hey, you know, Emily's always been a truth teller for me. And she just like, you got to do a better job. And I was like, okay, well tell me how you really feel. But she just kind of reminded me like, hey, those kids out there, we were in the bedroom. She's like, they're watching. They're feeling everything that you're that you're bringing into the house and it's getting heavy, you know, and so we need you to do a better job. And 
reminding me that I'm a different person when I spend time with the Lord first thing in the morning versus, you know, watching that little clicker on the right hand column of the news with COVID and everything going on. So I think that was a, a very grounding moment for me that helped me remember just, okay, the importance of playfulness in the middle of a hard year. And so just being intentional about that has been huge for me. And then the other challenge for me is I can be playful to the point of like what Emily would say is pushing <laughs> buttons. And so, you know, one of our daughters, like she wakes up in the worst mood every single morning <laughs> but I take that as a challenge like okay I can just be playful to the point where I'm gonna get a laugh out of her but that doesn't always work and Emily <laughs> no. will say like hey don't poke let the it bear. go yeah. let, don't poke the bear is what she says so that's one of my challenges as well mm-hmm. what about you babe? I'm an Enneagram 8 and I'm very I'm a planner I am I know I know it's shocking. That's I know. Shocking. I know. But I, yeah, you know, my wing is a nine, so I'm pretty laid back. But in that, I just need control of our family and our schedule and our, you know, Lulu came downstairs last night and she's going to a party and I'm trying to figure out what gift I need to buy for her to take. And then, you know, I'm planning, planning, planning. And sometimes I just need to like close my calendar and just look her in the eye, you know, and talk to her and yeah. find out how her day was. And I have to remind myself, I've joked like in my mind that I need to put a sticky note that says like, give her a hug or, mm. you know, I me mean, just remind myself to put all the planning away and the organization and the control and just be in the moment with them. And I think we would both admit too that it's like we expect our kids to have healthy boundaries when it comes to their devices. But if we're not leading by example, like that can be a challenge that gets in the way of our playfulness too. Is like so much of my career is on social media. Yes. And, you know, Emily and I are both seen as influencers or mm. whatever. And that can like kind of take over. And if we're not careful, like the chances that we would have had to be playful with our kids have been spent doing exactly what we preach to our kids mm-hmm. not to do. So I'm just being honest. And and as I'm doing this, I'm pointing a finger at my <laughs> wife. No, I'm just kidding. It's both of us, you know, and just really that's a challenge is mm-hmm. the phone is a challenge and it yeah, can be an obstacle and, and a key to missed opportunities to focus on our kids and be playful in the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a great transition into another question we wanted to ask you. If those are some of the challenges, what would you say have been some things that are helpful in being playful? It's a great question. Spontaneity is huge. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think with Emily, even just planning spontaneity is what you were kind of alluding Uh to. Mm -hmm. For you, that's how it would need to look. For me, spontaneity, I love that. I thrive (laughs) on just these crazy spur. I'll give you one example. This has been a hard year for everybody. And, you know, as a recording artist, I watched 87 shows get canceled. And Mm. with that, like a lot of revenue out the window and just you're dealing with a lot of stuff. But I wound up having like an engagement where I was like actually an employed musician for a day and it felt really good. And I came home and uh, I felt a little heavier in the pocket, you know, and my daughters had had a heart, you know, it's just been a hard year for them, obviously. And I don't know what made me say it, but I was like, Hey, get in the car. We're going to target. You each get 10 minutes and your own shopping cart Mm. and whatever you can put in it. You're going to get, it was just like this goofy. We're going to target. 
who cares what it's going to cost? Of course, I was praying that they wouldn't find like the electronics aisle or whatever. <laughs> but knowing who they are and what they would pick out, I was like, okay, this is safe, but still spontaneous. And they lit up. They got their shopping carts and like masked up and literally 10 minute shopping spree. And it was so much fun. And I love the thought of like, we might look back on 2020 and when my kids are grown up, they might think about 2020 and sure, they'll remember the heaviness. They'll remember the trials they'll remember COVID and all those things but maybe they'll remember that night where we just like raced through Target and threw stuff in shopping carts and it was completely worth it and so I love those kinds of moments mm -hmm. you know spontaneity I would say is huge for sure I love that story me too what would you say babe honestly I think that my answer would be watching Matthew we had two totally different childhoods. Honestly, there wasn't a lot of playfulness in my home. It was more of survival, being raised by a single mom. And then when I would spend summers with my dad, it was just working. And so I've learned so much from his example of playfulness, of honestly, how to be a parent. I remember when we were pregnant, I guess it was the first year or two we were married and we went to Disney World and I think I maybe had been there. I don't have any memory of it. I don't have any pictures or anything. I don't even think I ever went when I was little. And we get there and I'm newly pregnant, kind of nauseous. And he looks at me and he goes, do you want Dole Whip? And I was like, what's that? He goes, follow me. It was as though he could have been like one of those people who takes you on tour a tour guy. of yeah, a tour of Disney World. <laughs> I know and every it was, part of it. He knows Aww. he gets you anywhere, and you know this is faster. I mean, he's he's just fun and being a dad. Although you know, people might say being a songwriter and a musician and an artist is what he was called to do. I see the side of him that it was absolutely called to be a father, and he is the best I've ever seen. So, mm. learning from him has been the way I have learned fun. Mm. I think mm. our lives would be. Not as much fun if you weren't. <laughs> if you weren't living, you know what I mean. If you weren't our house parent. would be cleaner, but we our wouldn't have as much fun. No, for sure. Oh my goodness. And I think we both learn from our kids too. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, we want to let our kids lead the way too. Our kids are a blast, yeah. and so when it comes to being playful, it's like we're crushing some Mario Kart right now, <laughs> and then we trash talk, and it's just like a blast. You know what I mean? And so I think we tend to not give our kids credit in any aspect as much as we should. And I think about the scripture that reminds us, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example. Who better than a child to set the example for what playfulness mm -hmm. looks like and what it needs to look like? Our daughter's rooms are a good example of playfulness. It's like we've <laughs> just, we expect them to keep it clean, but good Lord, I mean, like LED lights and you walk into my youngest daughter's room, it looks like a, like a, night a nightclub for 11 year olds. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> it's hilarious. And, and so I just love to see their playful spirit and then follow that lead. And I'm learning to be playful in the ways that they want to be mm -hmm. playful. What do you want to do? Let's do that. Yeah. Sissy, Melissa, and I love to link arms with other like-minded friends who are working to strengthen families. That's why we are so thrilled to be partnering with Minnow to bring you the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. Minnow is a streaming service designed just for kids, but it's so much more than that. Minnow not only provides meaningful screen time, but also shared experiences through devotionals and discussion guides for families to help you grow in life and faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com.
Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer, and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny, and as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. So that is a great lead into what would you all say your kids have been teaching you lately? We learn something from our kids every day. Mm. I was thinking about this this morning, and I'm learning through the daughter, which we should just say it's Delaney, who wakes up. She's our 11-year-old. We also have Lulu, who's 14. But Lainey wakes up in a bad mood every day. And the patience. Both of them contended. Well, yeah, but Lainey more so. I think (laughs) they could both be in bad moods. There are no angels, you know. But I'm learning patience. I'm learning to not, what's wrong? Mm. What's going on? Is something bothering you? Why don't you want just to let her be? Just let her be who she is. If she doesn't want to eat breakfast, don't eat breakfast. Do you know? <laughs> and I'm learning that Lulu is just, they're just different. Lulu is happiness all the time, pretty much. I mean, you know, and just how to parent two very different kids. One is a deep thinker. One is a go with the flow. One wants to stay home and be kind of sheltered. One wants to go shark cage diving. You know, they're <laughs> very different. And what that means, I know that I'm the perfect parent for both of these girls, regardless of how different they are. God gave me these two and none other, and I've got to figure it out. So I think I learned that from them daily. Yeah, it's a great reminder just that we all tend to be control freaks in at least one aspect of our lives. And as parents, I think the control freak can come out in both of us in a big way, like trying to control the path that Mm -hmm. they take. And I've been trying to encourage my daughters for years to like be in sports and we'd sign them up for everything. Did you like that? Did you like, did you? No, not really. 
I've been trying to get my youngest daughter to play basketball just for years. And then all of a sudden the other day, she's like, hey, I'm going to try out for basketball. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I would have been out in the driveway practicing with you, you know. And by the way, my wife said shark cage diving. I'm not sure if that qualifies for playful, but that's literally something I took my oldest daughter. Like she said, that was a dream of hers. And on her 13th birthday, I said, pack a bag. We're going to Florida, and I had booked us a shark cage diving trip, and uh, it was the dumbest thing I've ever done. But she <laughs> she saw it as the most playful and spontaneous thing. Our kids are teaching us a lot. The baseline and the main thing that I feel like I'm learning from our kids is obviously a daily reminder of what really matters in a year of 2020. When we walk inside the home and all the other problems around us pale in comparison to the role of getting to be their parents and just how uniquely gifted and created and crafted they are by God and just realizing that, hey, we're not in control. We get to be a part of their story and we can help guide their story to the best of our abilities. But uh, at the end of the day, it's like I'm learning to trust, one, trust in the Lord and two, trust our daughters and trust how we've raised them and and rest in that and know that the Lord's got the best plan for their lives. Mm. I love that. Okay, I want to ask you all both, what is a playful practice you've done recently? And Matthew, this may be a struggle for you because you just talked about shark cage diving. I'm not sure where you go from there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, which ironically, that became one of the reasons for that trip was I was going to be having the sex talk with my daughter because my wife read it in some book that said, like, if you have a daughter, the dad should give the bulk of that talk. And I was like, that's so convenient that you read that in a book. And so we have two daughters. going shark cage diving wound up, I didn't realize it, but that wound up being the perfect illustration for what I was going to try to Indeed. teach my daughter. The sharks are in wow. the water. Do not leave the cage. So I think that message carried. Hopefully it oh, worked. But. So, I mean, yeah. What's That's a, a memorable message. That <laughs> is brilliant. Isn't that Boys good? Boys are like sharks. That's yes. what I told her. I was like, so remember those bull sharks? That's what we're dealing with here. <laughs> exactly. I think for me, playfulness, I try to incorporate their friends. We built a house very close to our kids' school so that we would be the house where the friends come. And so far, it's working really well. We know all of their friends really well. So I think most of the things that I try to do with them now at the ages where they are is just like a few weeks ago, Lulu had a bunch of friends over. And at midnight, I thought, they probably want French fries. So I ran out and got like 10 things of McDonald's French fries. And I just walked up there where they were watching a movie and they were so excited. Do you know, just kind of things where they are, wouldn't you say? like? Yeah, those are great examples. Yeah, I think a playful practice for us has been what kind of home do we want to have? What kind of environment do we want to have? And surely we want the kind of environment where not only do our kids want to hang out here, but hopefully their friends do as well. And so if that looks like, I mean, I swear I should buy stock in Jets pizza, or you know what I mean? Because it's just like coming over all the time. And I think that's been a great playful practice of like welcoming our kids friends over as well. And that's been important. I'm trying to think of some other playful practices. A lot of it has been spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? We've just tried to be intentional towards our spontaneity. And I know that sounds like a little bit of an oxymoron, but that's how I approach my songwriting. You have to schedule creative time. And I feel like it's very similar when it comes to scheduling that playful time. Definitely our weekends to our family time. 
And there's going to be some surprise every weekend that we're going to wind up doing. Wow. Last weekend was just like, hey, let's hop in the car. And we rolled to some of our old stomping grounds in Franklin, Tennessee and masked up and walked around and just enjoyed time together as a family. And I try to ask my oldest daughter questions about, you know, some boy that likes her and things like that. And just, <laughs> just good time. You know what I mean? So I think those are some of our playful practices is like, okay, never get too busy for some spontaneous playful time and fun things that we get to do. I feel like you kind of are weaving this beautiful illustration of the practicality of what it looks like, but also big picture ideals that you all are adhering to as parents. And I think that's probably my last question is, do you all have kind of, even if you haven't ever said them out loud before, but kind of gut level, big picture ideas that are guiding principles for you as parents? Absolutely. Gut level it's very similar to what my parents always encouraged me, and it has not steered me wrong. And that is, I hope my daughters grow up knowing a couple of things, but nothing more significant or important that as much as your mom and dad love you, there is someone who loves you more, mm -hmm. who wants to have not just a long distance relationship with you, not just a family connection because your dad and mom are in ministry, but there's a God who literally loves you so much with an intense love that will never let you down and never fail you. And he wants to be your best friend. My encouragement to my daughters and hopefully the driving force of how we raise our daughters is, is with that encouragement at every turn, like how's your relationship with the Lord, you know, and really challenging them. And that comes a lot from my own experience growing up as a preacher's kid, where I kind of figured I'll get to heaven because it's the family business, you know, mm -hmm. like I got connections. And there was that defining moment where my faith in Jesus became real to me. And I look for that in my daughters and I pray for that with my daughters. I don't want it to be, well, dad's a Christian singer. And so that was just kind of, you know, and really where that starts is the fact that if all they ever see is dad sang about Jesus, but his daily life didn't resemble that of somebody who actually walks with Jesus, then... I run the chance of doing some major damage as a parent and as a leader. And so I think that's one of the things that convicts me and haunts me in the best way. Nobody's perfect, but I definitely want to be somebody who is at every turn trying to like live the actual songs that I sing. And hopefully my daughters will grow up knowing, you know what? I have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not just a family connection. We don't just go to church. Like, no, no, no. This is the driving force. This is my compass. Mm -hmm. So good. So I'm a researcher, like a reader, whatever's going on, I want to read about, you know, go online, mamas to a fault. And I remember years ago reading the book, The Five Love Languages for Our Marriage, that talks about different ways to show love and acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, all these different things. And I thought, I'm going to love my kids that way. And I'm going to use all of those it's easy for me, acts of service, you know, I'm the mom, I'm cleaning, I'm doing all the things, but I'm going to make sure I'm hugging them every day. I'm mm. affirming them with my words. So I try to kind of every day go through those five things and make sure I'm pouring my love for them out in that way. They're not loving all the hugs I'm giving. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think, that, you know, for both of us, we could say that. But that's something, you know, not only Matthew, his parents live with us and they're amazing, amazing to watch how they raise their boys. And then, of course, like I said earlier, just watching Matthew as a father has just 
taught me so much. But that's one thing I intentionally try to do is just make sure I'm loving them in all the ways that they might like to receive it. Because we, we aren't clear as to what they love the most and how they receive our love. So I just thought, I'll just that's good. pour that on them. <laughs> all of those. <laughs> I want to say something to you both before I ask this last question. We were talking before the interview about our kids go to the same school. And years ago, our school community experienced a loss, a loss of a student. And the school offered a time where parents could come together just to talk about how we can best support kids in grieving. And Sissy and I got a chance to come and be with parents. And I can remember being in the room Mm. with you all. Me too. And looking at your faces. Mm. I can still remember it right now. And experiencing then, I think what I'm experiencing again right now, just the intentionality of who you are. Mm. And that even as we're talking around this topic of being playful, I think so many parents would interpret that as it just means be silly, be your kid's friends, and that you all wisely, wonderfully understand that it is both and, not one or the other. Like, I'm not just playful, and I also don't set boundaries and have expectations and give kids consequences. Like, you all do that in a remarkable way. And I think back on seeing your faces that day and thinking about you wanting to be in that room to figure out the best ways to, what we were all doing, figuring out the best ways to support our kids as they were navigating loss, a painful loss. And it just, to me, feels like such a snapshot of who you are. And I'm reminded of it as I listen to you both today. Mm -hmm. So... I just wanted to tell you that. I'll never forget that, what happened at our kids' school. And it's it's crazy. It's like we're foolish if we think that, you know, sending your kids to like this Christian school or whatever it may be, like no matter how much you try to protect your kids from the reality of the broken world we live in, like they will come face to face with heartache and tragedy mm-hmm. and trauma and pain. And those are moments that make you feel helpless as a parent as well. But it's also like, you just see how like the world, the world and the enemy wants to get our kids to grow up way too fast. And that makes me sad. You know what I mean? And I think that alone can be a motivator for us as parents to, to be intentional. And this conversation is reminding us even just of the importance of intentionality towards playfulness, because I want my kids to still you know, have that childhood, even though they're going to see a tragedy like that, we're going to have some hard conversations, but then what does it look like to live life to the fullest at a young age? And so those are some sobering reminders that this Mm. is a a broken and a hurting world Mm. that at every turn is pushing our kids to grow up and grow up fast. And uh, as we're with them on that journey, man, I love to think the image of maybe that chance to be playful with our kids almost like maybe it just like slows it down just a little bit during those Mm. times. Maybe those playful moments are the ones where it's like life is going at, you know, just three quarters of the normal speed or half the speed. And that playful time can can slow down the speed up that's normally taking place. Mm. So great. Well, we're going to take a sharp left turn here. And we believe it's important for us as parents to nourish ourselves relationally, spiritually, and also physically. And we want to talk about nourishing physically right now. So right. what is your favorite kind of taco? That's what we're <laughs> Yeah, I love that That's question. our love language. 
you go, honey. Oh, okay. I love a soft taco with mm. chicken and like guacamole and onions and peppers, like all the things. Put oh. it all on there. Rice and beans and everything. I love a ladybird taco. In Nashville. Mm. Yeah, it's very good. That, those are like a Texas style. Mm-hmm. Yes. Brisket and yeah. so good. Do fajitas count in the taco category? They count for sure. me, Matthew. I'm they with you. Yeah, so I like to build my own like through a fajita situation. Mm-hmm. And any taco in Texas is better than uh, most of what I could find in Nashville. In 2020, I had missed traveling really for the ministry, but also for the for the tacos. <laughs> Matthew, we feel the exact same way. We do. We need to sometime talk about different towns and different taco places because we try and go on a tour of taco spots when we're traveling and speaking. Okay, see, I could help you greatly in that quest. I could literally be your Guy Fieri. Like we will take that help. Yeah, I could I could point you in the right direction. Y'all, I mean, I feel like I have been so inspired during this conversation, and y'all are hilarious too. But I feel like there has been so much practical wisdom that y'all have shared. And as we've been talking, I thought about this quote that Melissa talked about in some book. I think the woman who said its name is Leslie Leland Fields. And she said, we can't be Jesus to our children, but we can need Jesus in front of them. That's awesome. That's good. And y'all, mm-hmm. as you're talking, I mean, I feel like there is so much good. There's so much. I feel like everybody who's listening is probably taking serious notes, but that feels like the bottom line. And every bit of strength and hope and wisdom and playfulness that y'all bring to your kids and intentionality flows out of that place in you. And it's so evident just to sit down and hear you talk about the life of your family, that that's so much of who you are. So it really has been a gift to give us this little window of time into what's going on in your house. Uh, we've loved it. Thank you for having us. Yes, and, thank uh, you. you know, I think just conversations like this, even talking about how we're parenting and figuring it out along the way. These are these are conversations that that speak into our lives too. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you have to listen to yourself talk to figure out <laughs> what you think and and how you believe and mm-hmm. also what you need to build upon. So thanks for giving us the opportunity. Yes, thank you. Well, next time let's do it over tacos. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think you know that's hey post pandemic man. I think we're gonna be with, around people constantly whenever we're told we're allowed to. <laughs> You're right. It's gonna be like tacos and faces just constantly, <laughs> right, babe? Lots of hugs, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you both. Sending hugs you to y'all today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having. Thank us. you. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family with shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.